there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. We are in the middle of our third night in a row of Thunder Sleet. Thunder Snow. Love it. Yes. And my house has flickered probably about 10 times before we started recording. So I hope we make it through. Yeah, me too. Um, It's one of those wonderful meteorologic events snowing which is just peaceful peaceful sleeting but there's been uh some thunderstorms associated well, not not just peaceful sleeting it, it sounds like it's hailing yeah <laughs> there's there's nothing peaceful about this and you go outside it's like this is like uh i mean it's not quite like pea size but like it's a pretty good size little sleet hail it's like this is like yeah so strange yeah, so my front window faces the north, and it's just a sheet of ice. Yeah, my uh, my car w- was a sheet of ice. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> that was fun. I had, took probably twenty five or thirty minutes to get ready to go somewhere. Anyways, um, episode one sixty nine. We are doing the Oklahoma preview this week. Nice. <laughs> Going to get you ready for the Sooners coming in town on. Halloween night um, have plenty of roster slash injury updates to talk about. There's actual decent big 12 slate of games this weekend and some red Ritter basketball news. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is late October. We should be knee deep in red Raider basketball news, but COVID yeah, because I think normal schedules or normal season would have first game in what, like two or three weeks? Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter at 23Personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at Suck, Michael at Michael underscore LPK. Also on Instagram, 23Personnel Podcast. You can get 23Personnel merch, t-shirts, supremely comfortable hoodies, at teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personnel podcast. You can also check us on Rob Bro's college football tailgate Saturdays 10 to noon on talk 1340, 1340 AM in the KKAM dot talk 1340 mobile app. KKAM.com 1340 AM. Yeah, I said it all. Yeah, you got it, man. You're, you're just rolling. ESP um, yeah, so we have a little bit of basketball news. We've got the 2020, 2021 schedule release. Well, conference schedule. Conference schedule. I mean, I, I don't know what else we're going to have. 
there is a SEC Big 12 Challenge schedule that was not the schedule, but the, the pairings at least. Um, and then all football, as it should be in October. Um, anything else, Michael? You want to tease? Put on the on the agenda for for this evening. Not really, except that we're going to talk hot sauces later. That That's oh, all I'm going to say. Hot sauce. Good stuff. Guys, the wait is finally over. Football is in full effect. MLB playoffs may be coming to an end tonight. We'll see. World Series, my Dodgers are up three games to two. They are trailing right now, but it's not the end. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, Michael. Yes? I say we go basketball first, then football. I'm with you. Let's do it. All right. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he's stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top. McCormick in a crowd strip by Owens. Ready on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans. Yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover in the line. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready double into Tariq. Oh, and who puts it down? Already. Odiasi. Throw bars it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good. Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Step it up big time. All right, Michael, like I said, 2020, 2021 conference schedule has been released. Um, the conference schedule, Texas Tech starts off at home December 17th versus the Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, um, and Labar brought up a good point with this. It was going to be a weird atmosphere anyway, because that's one of the great things, especially lately with Raider Riot and everything that's uh, and really just the success of the program has been bringing everybody in droves to the USA in general. Kansas always brought everybody on top of that. So it's a little disappointing that Tech doesn't get that at all this year um, because the students, I mean, once they go home for Thanksgiving, they're done. They're done so until like the end of January. Yeah, they, they've pushed school back another week. So they're going to be gone for almost two full months. They won't come back or at least classes will let out in person. The Tuesday, I think, before Thanksgiving the will 25th. be the last day of classes. They will take the break. They will have their finals, you know, taken remotely. So they won't have to come back to campus on that. And then they will not 
resume in-person classes again until January 20th. So a lot of these games will not have any, I mean, not any, I'm sure there's going to be some students stick around and some students go, but nothing like what we got accustomed to seeing last year. And even when it resumes, it's definitely not going to be anything like what we saw the last couple of years. Yes. The first uh, four home games, conference home games will be done without any students. It'll be the first, I mean, your, your first game at home with students there will be Iowa State. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On January 21st, that is conference game number nine. Right. You'll have eight games under your belt before students get back. Four of those at home, but... All right, so let's go through the schedule really quickly. Obviously, you play all nine conference teams twice, as you do every year. Um, you start off at, no, at home versus Kansas, then at Oklahoma, home versus the Cowboys, home versus Kansas State, on the road at Iowa State, on the road at Texas, home versus Baylor. That stretch right there, at Iowa State, at Texas, home versus Baylor. It's huge. Huge. Yes. Huge. There's huge. a lot going there. And it's, it's a, it's a good schedule though. I mean, it's tough. It's tough in places, but I mean, I think everybody's going to have tough stretches like this, no matter what year you're in. And, and I'm anxious to see how they do, you know, Iowa state kind of underperformed last year. Texas always seems to underperform according to their fans, but Baylor has been, really lights out. Uh, they were some really tough basketball last year. <laughs> they were turning to be one of the, the best teams in college basketball last year. Then I, I think we, as not Baylor fans, t- tend to forget that since we didn't get to see them perform in a postseason tournament. Sure. And we don't want them to do well. <laughs> I mean, they won like what, 18, 19 games in a row, 20 games. I, I can't remember. It was on the ridiculous. <laughs> it was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, those are your first seven at TCU, then your first home game with students, Iowa State, at West Virginia, home versus Oklahoma, at Kansas State, home versus West Virginia. So you get West Virginia twice in four games, at Baylor, home versus TCU, at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, home versus Texas. I like ending the schedule at home versus Texas. Probably my I favorite part. I think they've done that 
uh, a couple of years now. And it may not have been their last game, but I think the last home game they've they've hosted Texas a few times. So that the first uh, third of your schedule. I mean, okay. So home versus Kansas on the road at Oklahoma. Pretty tough way to start your 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 conference slate. Um, and then your road trips a couple of, couple of games later at at Iowa State at Texas, then home versus Baylor. Those um, five games in your first seven going to be pretty difficult. Oh yeah, um, and, and not that Big Twelve basketball like there's any kind of break. No, <laughs> but on the road at TCU, um, they they play you close there. I mean, their TCU is is a has been getting better historically. Home versus Iowa State at West Virginia. Those aren't easy games. Um, and then, you you know, uh, you host Oklahoma. You're at Kansas State. Home versus West Virginia at Baylor. Like, there's there's not like a a spot we, we, we get to the schedule like, okay, we've got a couple games. <laughs> I mean. Right. M- maybe home versus Oklahoma on the road versus Kansas State. And then home versus West Virginia. But like West Virginia, West pretty Virginia good. though, it's pretty yeah. good. And then you you <laughs> go on, you play them. Yeah, then you go on the road at Baylor, and then you're home at TC or home versus TCU. But then you're on the road again at Kansas at Oklahoma State. It's like it's not it's not going to be easy. But then you look at this 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 roster, and you're like, man, if Chris Beard can figure out how to get all the pieces working together, this could be a pretty dang good team. Which is what we said last year, but this could be a really good team. Right. And sandwiched right between uh, going to Morgantown and the Sooners coming to town, January 30th is the Big 12 SEC Challenge. I'll look that up just to make sure because I, I couldn't remember if they'd actually set a date or not. I knew that the opponents were set. Yeah. Tech will be playing LSU. In Baton Rouge, and, which is a, be a fun road trip, I think. Yeah, that's a fun road trip, but that's right after going to Morgantown and you know, like you said earlier, Tech plays Morgantown, what is that, January 25th, and then they play him again February 4th. And it seems like the closer you play teams, especially like that, in, in secession or in between matchups, there's no love lost in it's those the, in those kinds of games, especially with the Huggins coach team. They're always so tough. They're always really uh, blocking you out. Uh, pressing the heck out of you, pestering you on, on defense all the time. So it, when they come to Lubbock, I think that that game could get chippy pretty quick and it's going to be exciting. Yeah. So that game home versus Western is on the ninth. Sorry. The, the font on the, on the dates are difficult to read when it's really small. Oh yeah. My bad. But yeah. So you're home uh, or sorry, you're on the road at Western on the 25th home versus Oklahoma on the first at Kansas state on the sixth back home versus Western on the ninth. Like, I, I always forget this when it comes into basketball season, but like you play games so quickly, like back to back, like you'll play Tuesday, Saturday, Monday, Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. Like it's just They're boom, boom, just boom, rolling boom. them through, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, obviously you're going to play 18 games in two and a half months. Yep. And it's, it's so exciting to finally see a schedule, talk about it know that it's going to happen or, you know, really hope for the best that it's going to happen. Uh, this roster is insane. I can't wait to see how beard gets them 
playing together. Let's hope Mac McClung's waiver <laughs> comes through the between only now one, and then. About the, about the only uh, transfer that NCAA hasn't given eligibility to. Yep. So we're we're still waiting. Still waiting. Um, so yeah, like you said, we're it's exciting to have a schedule to talk about. Uh, we'll we'll talk about obviously starting to preview and prepare for these games. Uh, I'm sure there will be a non-conference schedule that we'll get to talk about first, but yeah, man, we are six weeks out from big 12 basketball. Yeah. And I was just curious last year they started on November 5th. So that's why it feels like basketball should be starting. This <laughs> <laughs> is next week. feels like we should be getting ready, but Hey, it is, it is what it is to quote that saying I hate, but I say anyway. Yeah. Um, and then like, usually I think conference schedule starts between Christmas and, and, and New Year's. So you're getting, uh, you know, about a week head start on that. Um, and it looks like you're finishing a little early too. Yes. 27th instead of going in like the first second week into March. So anyways, big 12 basketball, got the schedule. we got the roster outside of Mac McClung. <laughs> uh, Very close. We're, we're, we're getting excited. All right. Um, that's all I got for basketball. I, I, I want to talk a lot about football. takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25-10. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman. Screen. Underneath there. Breaks the tackle. Still running. Off the sideline. Turns on the juice. Touchdown. O'Harrell in the shotgun. From the 28, the throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. Oh, he's going hard. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Unbelievable. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. Also, baseball update, my Dodgers tied the game. I'm so happy for you. It looks like on on a wild pitch, too. That's fantastic. There's been some weird plays in this series. I've loosely kept up with it on Twitter. And the, the plays, the weird plays in this World Series are just everywhere. Like the ending to game four, um, yes. trying to steal home. Um, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. All right. So Matt Wells gave an update on injuries, and there's a lot to to talk about and un, unpack here, but I guess Biggest and best news, your running backs, Sirajic Thompson and Xavier White. Wells categorized them as more hurt than injured. And that he's hopeful to have them both back for Oklahoma this weekend. So, so Thompson, you'll remember he had the chest. Something happened where he, he got wrapped up on the sideline, uh, came back out for a couple of plays and then went down on his own accord because he just he wasn't going to make it. Xavier White looked like he had a, he had a shoulder stinger something like that. Um, well said, they're both, he's hopeful they'll have them both back. Other running back to Darius Townsend, um, not really an update given other than he was unavailable last week and that status is unchanged. 
So yeah, I, I did not know there were so many people. I, I, I wish I had done this before, obviously, because this would have been better. But I, I know that Don Williams had like ten guys listed out, and you know it was like McCann and you know a bunch of bunch of guys Townsend, a bunch of guys that knew Keyshawn Carter, of course. Just thinking, how's this team going to put together any semblance of offense or defense? But okay, hold, they ended up doing pretty darn well. Hold up a second. You 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 give Don Williams credit for having ten guys. I've got nine on my list here. That's this list. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't include well, about guys that we've guys, already said that are, are going to be out. Looking at the baseball game. <laughs> Dodgers took the lead. <laughs> quit, checking, quit checking your beloved, beloved Dodgers. Um, all right. I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, wide receiver TJ Vasher, not long-term out, but well, so he's unsure of his status. Um, gosh, you, you, you would think that like one of these years, TJ Vasher is going to contribute to the, to the team. And, um, it's just, I guess you can be grateful that he's got this year of eligibility back, regardless of what happens. If he so chooses or if the coaching staff wants him back, but I mean, you could really use that playmaking and that size on, on the field. Especially when you look at the, the rest of the receiving core, you're playing a bunch of freshmen. They, they've been pretty good. Um, but you're missing Keyshawn Carter. Who's, who's out with an elbow. Well said he's hopeful to be back for Oklahoma. Dalton Rigdon going through the concussion protocol is going to be reevaluated this week. Uh, McLean Mannix back injury still to be reevaluated this week. I mean, you're out four receivers. Um, three of which have con- contributed a lot in their career here at Texas tech. Um, you felt their absence and you're, you're, you're seeing the, the effects of that when um, Jalen Polk, Trey Cleveland, um, Miles Price. Price get in the game and, and do what they've been doing. It's because you don't have a Vasher, Keyshawn Carter, or Dalton Rigdon on the field. Um, other guys, offensive lineman Zach, Zach Adams' knee, still going to be another couple of weeks before he can come back. And then safety, Seth Collins, six-year senior, shoulder going to be out for the rest of the year. Wells did say he didn't want to speak for Collins, but that he believes Collins is leaning towards coming back for a seventh year, <laughs> seventh year senior Seth Collins. Yeah, that's pretty awesome to say that that's creeping into Van Wilder territory. He's like, making, come on in, come on back, Seth, man. I mean, keep, keep going to school, keep getting degrees, keep doing what you do, man. That's, that's awesome. Doing those, uh, those victory laps as they call them. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, yeah. Is I, there I anybody just, else? I mean, one you, thing. You were talking about Don Williams. Is there anybody else we need to talk about? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I saw, and I'm, I'm totally going to butcher his name, and I talked to Rob about this, and Rob advised me not to say his name, but he writes for Dave Campbell, Shan Jaraja. Is that how you say his name? Jaraja. This is... This is terrible. I follow him on Twitter. I've followed him for the longest time. Y'all know how bad I am about pronouncing names. But he had a tweet yesterday that said Tech announced three new active cases of COVID-19 among football players, all of which occurred during testing on October 18th and 21st. And that was obviously before the game. Mm -hmm. So 
with so many guys out before the game with really kind of no status or no reason, I have a feeling that the few of those could have been positive tests, which, you know, everyone kind of thinks that way anyway. Uh, He went on to say that 14 athletes and five staffers from other sports also have active cases of the virus. So it's, for those of you who don't know, COVID's hitting Lubbock pretty hard in general. Gosh, um, it is terrible. We got the, I, the, the executive order in the last night from the governor basically shutting everything back down. Yeah. Uh, our trauma level, you, you know way more about this than I do, but we've reached above 15% capacity for a, Seven a consecutive week. <laughs> And I mean, that, that means every hospital in this area and an, it's an average of that, I think, as in like Brownfield is 80 or 80 plus percent <laughs> COVID patients. Um, whereas the city of Lubbock's not at, you know, the, the Lubbock hospitals aren't as high, but they're high for what we've seen. And anyway, not to get into that, it's just not great here. Uh, it's, I think, um, the New York Times listed Lubbock today as the number 14 hotspot, COVID hotspot in the U.S. <laughs> in the entire country. Yeah. So early on throughout this thing, I think a lot of people in Lubbock were like, it's not so bad here. It's, I mean, look how, it, how bad it is out west or up, up in the northeast. And like, no, it, it, it's coming here. It just it took a little bit longer. Yep. Took a little longer and... I think we've seen it now. I think we've set like record days of new cases the past couple of days. I think we had something like 300 new cases yesterday, which is a lot for, yeah. And and I don't want to get into all the, the stances on on COVID, but. Oh no, No, that's not where I was headed either. There's plenty to discuss there, not on a sports podcast, but suffice it to say it is affecting the athletes and the athletic department as well. I think, I mean, of the guys we just mentioned, you'd have to look at Chadayers Townsend and TJ Vasher as two guys that don't have a status attached to them that you would say, or a specific injury. Like it could be them. It could be somebody else too, that already has an injury. Like Dalton Rigdon, he's he's got a concussion. Oh, also he could have COVID or McLean Mannix. He tweaked his back. Also been dealing with COVID or whatever. I'm not saying those guys are, or or I've heard anything about them, but it could be. Rigdon, Rigdon was, um, concussed in Ames. So that's, that was over two weeks ago now. So there's a, we're speculating, completely speculating, but that that could be part of the issue. And I just kind of wanted to point out the situation in Lubbock so that people may know what to expect. If uh, we've got random seven guys out (laughs) before kickoff on Saturday. Speaking of kickoffs, hat tip here to to Kyle uh, wrote a fantastic piece today on staking the planes should Texas Tech stop returning kickoffs? Too long didn't read. Point is, yes, Texas Tech should just take the the <laughs> the, the touchback. But let's let's dive a little bit deeper into that. He said he went back and looked at the the data starting back last year, to 2019. This would have been a full year after the new kickoff rules had gone into effect. You know, in 2018, if you had called for a fair catch inside the 25, it would have been counted as a fair catch, or sorry, as a touchback. Uh, you got that, uh, the ball at the 25. Um, he said over that full season and then half a season so far now, Texas Tech has chosen to return 45 kickoffs. So ones that weren't kicked out of bounds or that weren't an automatic touchback. 
and your decisions by the returner to return it 45 times. Seven of those 45 returned exactly to the, to the 25. So no, no harm, no foul. Yeah, no harm, no foul. Assuming that nobody got hurt. Um, 12 of those 45 were returned past the 25 for a net of 98 yards. Now Kyle did say 62 of those 98 yards came on two punt returns. So of the remaining 10, there was only 36 yards. So average, if you were going to return it and got past the 25, you rarely made it past the 30. Yeah. So <laughs> currently, if you're keeping up with them, that's 19 of the 45 that got you to the 25 or just past it. 26 returns, other 26 failed to make it to the 25. So more than half of all of your kickoff returns were costing the offense yards. He did say that, you know, he, he cited a, an article that said um, the expected scoring percentage goes up 10% every 10 yards of possession or field uh, position. It, position, yes. Um, so while three yards or, you know, whatever it may be, uh, going past 25 or um, the minus 20, the minus two yards on the 26. Sorry. I skipped ahead on stat. Kyle averaged out the 45 kickoff returns and said on those 45 returns, you actually averaged taking possession of the ball at the 23 yard line. So you were losing yards on average on a kickoff and said, well, two yards doesn't seem like a lot. If you look at that 10% scoring chance on field position, and then you look at how many close games Texas Tech has lost, it really doesn't make sense to keep hurting yourself by not just taking the free yards. Well, someone can look at that 10% and think the other way. Well, what if Tech gets it at the 35? Instead of the, what if they get up to the, to the 30 even? You know, maybe they'll have a 5% better chance of scoring. So the optimist, the eternal optimist may look at that and think, oh, let's just, let's risk it. Let's go for it, baby. Get it's, that parlay. Get that three-team parlay. <laughs> it's fun to hit that kickoff return for a touchdown. But you haven't had one of those in three years? I can't think of one. I, I think there's been a punt returned or two. But I can't think of a kickoff return. Uh, I, I hate that I am blanking. I, I mean, Jakeem Grant obviously was the guy that did that but for Tech the most recently and the most consistently that goes uh, back to in the last 16? 10 years. Kyle also said, um, in addition to those 45 kickoffs, six returns resulted in penalties. So you obviously took over the ball, took over possession inside the 25, and two of them you fumbled the ball and gave it back. So, like I said, you, you can go, go check out his full detailed report. Long story short, start taking the, the fair catch, take the ball to 25, and just go from there. I have no issues with that. No, absolutely not. I don't, I don't think you have a dynamic returner on, on, your, on your, your roster right now. So it's not like you're telling Jakeem Grant, hey man, just take the fair catch. When we know like how like explosive and d dynamic he is, it's like, Hey, um, Thomas Leggett, we, we know how slow you are. Don't try to return this one. All right. 
or hey, Keyshawn Carter, our best receiver. Let's not let's not return this one because we can't afford for you to get hurt. <laughs> right. All right. I got another update. Tragic number. <laughs> which I like that. Um, so my brother, Preston, actually was a little salty that I have not been giving him the credit for providing this stat. He sent it to me and I've just been including it. My bad. It's from my, my older brother, Preston. Cite your sources, bro. <sighs> it is my bro. Uh, Texas Tech football is now three and 15 over the last 18 games. Thank you, West Virginia, for giving us two of those. <laughs> Not too bad. Not too bad. Went, went about 350 days between Power 5 wins, but by God, didn't make 365. We were counting it down. We were, uh, let's see, it was November 9th. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're, I think, yeah, yeah, you're pretty close to two weeks, so 350, 351 days. Yeah, something like that. I, I have a quick update of my own, a Texas Tech secondary update. Bad news. <laughs> more teams Bad. have played. More teams have played. Um, but this doesn't help, does it? As of, no, it does not help. The big, big tens started back. So as this week, uh, 101 FBS teams have played up 70s. Last gave an update. Texas Tech is 97th with passing yards allowed per game. That's 337 points per game. Um, before West Virginia, it was 335.5. So obviously they allowed a little bit more than their average against West Virginia. And that brings me up to this week, just quickly. I know we're going to go through the OU game a little bit more, but it's going to be a big test this week for our guys. Uh, OU is number seven. Yeah. OU's number seven in passing offense at 353 yards per game. Tech is number 97th in passing defense at 337. So something's going to give this week and it, it may be kind of rough. Yeah. Um, my favorite piece of the episode has to be looking at the big, uh, the AP top 25. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I think one of the biggest things has to be keeping track of where Ohio state is. Oh, I just love this. The Buckeyes did play a game and they did win their game. Convincingly. <laughs> they covered. So what 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 do the voters do? They jumped them three spots ahead of an undefeated five and zero Notre Dame and a three and one Georgia. Like both those teams played and and won. Ohio State played one game, like top three. Here we go. We gotta set them up to get them into the playoffs. Got to start them there, hold them there. That's all they needed. They are 1-0 at number three, ahead of a 5-0 Notre Dame, who's playing in a conference. They're in an actual conference. Notre Dame is in the ACC. <laughs> I mean, if, if I were the... I like They moved backwards. Notre Dame was number three last week. They won. <laughs> yeah, they, they won. They beat the crap out of Pitt, which uh, Pitt has... They were ranked at some point. That tells you how weird this year is. So. Yeah. Um, I think they won. Oklahoma so yeah, Clemson State. still won, of course. Alabama's two. And then, yeah, our Buckeyes. One and the Buckeyes, three. number three. Five and oh, Notre Dame. Three and one, Georgia. That's your top five. Oklahoma State, number six. Um, just quietly hanging out there, top 10. I mean, good gravy. Our Cincinnati Bearcats, 
Texas A&M somehow scratched back up there. Wisconsin made a big jump from 14 to nine after now they had a convincing win. Like they were like, I think they, they were the first big 10 team on Friday to play and they, they won convincingly. And their quarterback had one incompletion. I think he was 20 for 21. He was 14 for 14 at halftime. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, BYU is 11, Florida 12, Michigan 13. They beat uh, Minnesota. I think it was like 18 versus 20. Um, but they had a big jump in the polls. Uh, Oregon, North Carolina slid down a spot. Kansas State jumped up a couple spots. Indiana breaks into the top 25. After beating a top 10 Penn State, I think I'm okay with that. Although, well, if there weren't 4-0 and 5-0 teams ahead of them, or I'm sorry, behind them, like I don't mind Indiana being <laughs> being ranked in a normal year, but they they jumped ahead of 5-0 Marshall and 5-0 Coastal Carolina. Um, well, I'm, I'm a little peeved that Penn State is 0-1 and they're 18. They, ju- they dropped from number eight in the country to number 18. And so what they did was, well, oh, well, we just undervalued Indiana. So let's make Indiana 17, Penn State 18. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Marshall, Thundering Herd, 19, my Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, number 20, from the Fun Belt, 5-0. USC has not played yet, jumped up three spots. SMU is in there, uh, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Boise State. 1-0 Boise State. Cracked the top 25. Mountain West making an appearance. Glad to have y'all. Texas. And Oklahoma, first time in the top 25 for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Texas wins, they get two votes. <laughs> Cracks me up. Um, I mean, they're tied with Boston College. Behind App State, behind California. They're behind Arkansas. I mean, come on. They're like the worst team that we've seen. Um, anyways, is Texas Tech on there? No, that doesn't matter. Texas getting one or two votes is funny. Oklahoma just barely squeaking into the top 25 is funny. Liberty getting 85 votes is also funny. Barely Still. missing the, the top 25. And you know what? When When Rob and I were getting into this, Hugh Freeze... Could he take over for Matt Wells? What do you think? I I don't want no. <laughs> you don't want to no. go there. No, I don't want. I don't want anything to do with that. You want Josh Heupel? No, I'm, I'm not going to talk <laughs> coaching replacements on a whim. All right, all right <laughs> just all right. just because I brought up Liberty. <laughs> all right, let's look at the um, Big Twelve schedule from this past weekend. Kansas State demolished. Uh, a pretty hapless Kansas. I mean, they're without Puka Williams now. I mean, Kansas. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. They're gonna ride this struggle bus hard. Fifty-five to fourteen. I think Kansas State had two punt or two kick returns for a touchdown. Uh, in this game, Oklahoma Yikes. put it on TCU in Fort Worth, thirty-three fourteen. Texas uh, took care of Baylor in Austin, twenty-seven sixteen, and. Unfortunately, Oklahoma State held on to beat Iowa State and Stillwater 24-21. It, it hurts my uh, my projection, my prediction of Iowa State being able to win the conference, uh, losing to conference co-leader at that point. Um, Oklahoma State's going to hold basically all the tiebreakers. Well, um, it's not going to matter when Kansas State comes along and... and- <laughs> 
and, and no one picked them and they win the conference. So it's fine. It's not going to matter. <laughs> um, now this weekend schedule, I think is a lot better. Um, in terms of like games, cause last week we're like, I mean, are there, are there any games to watch? Uh, I mean, they, they, they were okay. I think, like I said, this week's a lot better outside of Iowa state, Kansas. Um, sorry, Kansas. You're, it, it's going to be rough for you this week and every week, basically Kansas state, West Virginia and Morgantown could be really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. a game I wouldn't really want to watch, but really interested to see the outcome of the game. TCU at Baylor. These teams have always played pretty rough in close games. Um, especially in a year, we don't know which, which either of these teams are. Yeah. Um, both coming off losses too. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas at Oklahoma state could be really fun. And then obviously Texas tech hosting Oklahoma, the lone night game, seven o'clock on big Fox. Yeah. And something we wanted to mention too is kickoff for TCU for next week on yep on the seventh will be at two thirty on Fox Sports One so that was announced this week as well so set your Palm Pilots accordingly Palm Pilots which channel is it on couldn't tell you FS One well, I know but I like what 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 channel is that for you so for Sudden Link I oh, think it's like thirty seven two two forty three <laughs> um. I really don't know. You really don't know. Before we do our, our Oklahoma preview, guys, we need, obviously need to jump in and let you know that Manscaped has come out with a new product, the Weed Whacker. It's nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hairs sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven body. Let's just, let's just go there. Your nethers. Your nethers. That's even, that's okay. You're painting a picture for us. Manscaped forever changing the grooming game with their weed whacker. Ear, nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Could you imagine getting an ear hair pulled or a nose hair? Like how many times you'll be sneezing in front of the mirror? You rip a nose hair out. Why does that make you sneeze? It does. does every time. (laughs) I mean, it's yeah. Okay. You know, Premium Manscaped Weed Whacker used 9,000 RPM mode. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, 
We think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past— And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system, intelligently contoured design, enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. If you notice... All of the Manscaped trimmers are waterproof. You can take them into the shower, get everything done, all in the same spot. Take care of all your manscaping needs. Speaking of manscaping needs, visit our, not armchair, manscaped.com. You will get 20% off when you use the code armchair, 20% off and free shipping. But when you're there at manscaped.com, check out the lawnmower 3.0, the nails kit, the testy toner, the deodorant, all their great products. And if you use code armchair, 20% off free shipping. Um, use arm, use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. All right, guys, you know what's coming. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect. Cliff Kingsbury survived a wild over, overtime win. Where on he Monday. iced his like, own kicker on second down. <laughs> on second down. <laughs> in overtime anyway um, with football in full effect and many teams strutting their stuff the time is now to be in on the action at bet online we talked about basketball coming it's it's on its way people it'll be here before we know it 
the World Series is on right now if you are listening to this live, which there's no way you can be. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today. Use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. You guys know if there's a game on, we're usually watching it in the recording. Dodgers have the lead 2-1. My boy, um, Will Smith, the catcher, just cranked a double off the left field wall. Go Dodge, go. I've never seen you so excited. I've never said go Dodge, go. That's not a thing, probably. <laughs> it's, not but a thing. it's not even <laughs> no a thing. No one's ever said that. You're the first. Um, it also feels really good for him to get this because uh, he he's the one that really destroyed the end of the fourth game, game four. Uh, as the catcher, the relay home. Granted, the first baseman, Max Muncy, like fired a rocket from like 20 feet away and it was just offline. But still, he <laughs> allowed the score, the winning run to score on that air. Anyways, number 24, Oklahoma Sooners coming to town Halloween night, 7 p.m. on Fox. They are three and two on the year, two and two in Big 12 play. They have defeated Missouri State, then lost two straight, Kansas State, Iowa State, then defeated Texas and TCU last weekend. That's how they are at three and two. Stat comparison really quickly. Um, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they hold yeah, some. They're, they're pretty good. They hold advantages on basically uh, every category listed here. We're getting this from teamrankings.com. Yards per play, 6.0 versus Texas Tech, 5.3. Points per play, they hold a two three hundredths point advantage there. They Their play calling is 53% rush, 47% pass. Um, they have a completion percentage for the team at 68%. But if you look at Spencer Rattler, starting quarterback, he's up near 70%. They are converting nearly 43% of the third downs compared to Texas Tech's 41.67. But they are supremely efficient in the red zone, scoring 94.74% of the time, whereas Texas Tech is only scoring 73%. Well, and spoiler alert, you're about to do the defensive stat comparison, and that could really hurt Tech defensively, considering they are not very good at stopping red zone scoring. <laughs> They are worse at stopping red zone scoring than Oklahoma is good at scoring in the red zone. Um, but there are some defensive, the Texas Tech defensive stats actually do hold some, some advantages over Oklahoma. We, we've talked about this all, all fall. Uh, the weakness on this Oklahoma team is definitely their defense. They are allowing 6.0 yards per play. That's as, as good as their offense does. That's what their defense has given up. Texas Tech holds their opponents at 5.7 yards per play. Um, opponents' points per play, 0.506 for Oklahoma versus Texas Tech's 0.472. Tech has the advantage there. Now, that may be because <clears throat> they're not a whole lot of plays running against Oklahoma because they're not giving up a ton of points. I say that. They had a three-week stretch there. <laughs> they gave up 38, 37, and 45 points. Well, that 45 was quadruple overtime. Sure. But then they gave up 37 to Iowa State, 38 to Kansas State. 
Anyways, um, they are allowing opposing quarterbacks to complete 62% of their passes versus Texas Tech's 66. We know Texas Tech's secondary woes here. Um, third down conversion percentage is almost even. They're right around 37%. Now, Oklahoma does allow teams to score in the red zone at nearly 90% of the time versus, like I said, Texas Tech's 95. But this has some decided advantages leaning towards Oklahoma. I think we see that when the line comes out at minus 14 for Oklahoma over under of nearly 70 points um, on the road. <laughs> they're going to be on the road. Yeah. Uh, not in an intimidating environment in Lubbock because of the reduced capacity, but Spencer Rattler, when he's been on, he's been pretty good. Uh, he's been inconsistent. Um, he's thrown for 1500 yards, 15 touchdowns has thrown five interceptions and has been sacked 11 times. Um, they, yeah. sorry. Oh, I mean, I just wanted to talk about him just a little bit. He looked, he looked great against TCU, which is an odd thing to say against Gary Patterson to have a quarterback look good. Uh, I know that at one point Riley even pulled him for a series at the cotton bowl. Uh, he's like you said, he's been hit or miss, but, if, if the Spencer Rattler shows up, that was in Fort Worth tech may be in trouble. Uh, he was, he hit at least four deep balls over 40 yards. Um, I think one was over 50 and one was over 60. And I think both of those were to Marvin Mims, who we'll talk about later. So his ability to hit the deep ball against the fourth from last statistic pass defense in the, in the country gives me pause. <laughs> I, I think tech has been fortunate. Uh, obviously the Houston Baptist was even an anomaly. I think that no one really expected Ellinger through all over tech, but really since then tech hasn't seen a quarterback or an offense quite like this one. Uh, Purdy's kind of struggled this year. Of course, tech was, you know, the, he was able to throw on tech. Daigie didn't have a great game. His receivers didn't help him out at all. And he still threw for, 300 something yards on us. So I think we should be a little bit worried about what this offense and specifically what Spencer Rattler can do when, when they come to town. Yep. They are not just led by Rattler though. If you want to look at their, their ground game, um, they oh, have, yeah. they obviously have the, a, a dedicated starting running back and it's not been their, the greatest that we would have expected. Um, but TJ Pledger, their starting running back, has carried the ball 68 times for 341 yards for five yards a catch and three touchdowns. Seth McGowan, back up to the Pledger, 45 carries, 222 yards. They're nearly five yards per carry as well, two touchdowns. So between those two guys, um, they both average five yards a catch, sorry, five yards a carry. Um, and I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to chew up the, the, the clock on you. They're not going to run for a hundred yards, but I mean, when they run, they've been effective and efficient. Um, yeah. And Pledger's really shifty. I mean, he's, he's somebody who can change direction. He can make you miss Spencer Rattler, somebody who can change direction and make you miss, and he's, he can carry the ball too. I mean, he had some incredible plays against the frogs this weekend, a guy flat out dove for him and somehow 
Rattler just completely made him whiff. It was pretty incredible. And then I think he chased Rattler down and Dovin missed again. So he missed twice. Same defender. Yeah. Rattler is their third leading rusher, at least in terms of carries at 44. So Seth McGowan has 45. Rattler's 44. Has 74 yards, but it's only that's less than two yards per carry. So Rattler's not going to be like a running threat. He's going to be one that's going to extend the play, um, take off when he needs to. He also has two touchdowns, but it's going to be TJ Pleasure, Seth McGowan. Now, receiving-wise, obviously a lincoln Riley offense is going to be heavily predicated on how well they do through the air. You mentioned Marvin Mims. He's their leading receiver at 19 receptions on the year. That's not a lot for five games. True freshman, too. (laughs) True freshman. True freshman. 19 receptions, 328 yards, 17.3 yards per catch, and six touchdowns. Gosh. Averaging almost... I I can't even do the math. Well, 1.7 times a first down, so almost two times a first down each time he just catches the ball yeah so their top four receivers um they're all really close in number of receptions so rattler does spread the ball around really well um and these next three guys are all really close in terms of yards yards per catch and scores tight end austin stogner 19 catches 258 yards 13.6 yards per catch one touchdown theo weiss Receiver, 18 catches, 232 yards, 12.9 yards per catch. Charleston Rambo, also a receiver, 17 17 catches, 216 yards, 12.7 yards per catch, two touchdowns. They move the ball through the air, guys. I mean, I know that Hogan has played a lot better. Fields had a great game recently. This this pass coverage team is is really in for it this week. It's – I'm worried – I'm worried, Spencer. Can you talk me down? No. Can you talk me down at all? Um, (laughs) While I do feel better about the direction of this Texas Tech team with Henry Columbia leading the offense, defensively, not much has changed. Um, You've done okay, but I haven't really felt like your defense has put you in a game or or helped you win a game. Um, Well, last week that scoop and score sure helped. Well, okay, so I, I say that, and then I, I realized that, like, you held West Virginia scoreless for the past the last 20 minutes of that game. I think they scored their last touchdown with six minutes to go in the third quarter, and then you went all of, I mean, the rest of the game, they, they didn't score. You had a, a defensive score in there, too. Um, but the West Virginia offense is not as potent or as scary as the Oklahoma offense is. Oklahoma defense is not as good as it has been, but I I don't think that will matter as I don't think you're going to get into a big shootout like you have with Mahomes uh, and, and and Baker, but 14 feels about right, but also kind of feels like once you get past a one score game with, with Texas tech, it could be, you know, it could be a one touchdown game or it could be like a three or four score game. So Michael, how do you see this game going? I see this going. I don't. I don't think this is going to go our way. And but I'm. I'm not. I'm not dogging the team. I'm with you. I think Columbia really came in 
provided that spark that we talked about, especially with so many guys going out, especially you're starting two running backs. Um, and actually your third running back wasn't even available. So, uh, a really great effort by the, by the team last week, but man, I, my, the score that I'm predicting is almost exactly what yours is. <laughs> and oh, well, we'll, we'll be, we'll be close enough. He just wrote his in and I'm just going to stick with mine because it's the same. Um, I, what I did was OU averages 40 points per game. It was 39.8. I don't think tech's going to be able to hold them to less than their average. So I can, I see OU scoring 45 or so. And then, you know, tech not being able to, to hang with them as much and managing 28. So I, I see tech losing 45, 28. It, it possibly could be closer than that. And then OU maybe getting a couple of scores late in the fourth or maybe not late in the fourth, but just in the fourth. Yeah. So we didn't, Michael did not have his score written on the sheet when I, when I wrote mine in, we had we always do this kind of live. We did this live. Um, Michael said, Oh, you 45, 28. I wrote in, Oh, you 45, 27. <laughs> now I could, I could change mine to 41, but then that would, I, I want, my point was I wanted, Oh, you not want, <laughs> but I think, Oh, you will cover. So I wanted to predict a score in which they cover. I'll f- I could figure, so I, I may tweak it a little. No, I'm going to stick with it for now. So but, I'm not, yeah, 45, 28 is what I've got. I'm not sure if my 27 is a missed extra point or if Texas Tech gets their first two field goals on the season. You're asking for a lot there, buddy. <laughs> I would tend to think that it would be a missed extra point. Um, yeah, which is still crazy to say. I mean, you're four, five games into the, in the season. You have not made a field goal. So, um, yeah, I, we, we both pick Oklahoma to cover, uh, let's do that. Yeah. We both picking the over on this. So if you're keeping up with us, uh, you listen to the Rob bro college tailgate show. We don't have a great record there, but the records, the, the disparity closed, the difference closed a little bit. I had a great weekend, seven and three you did man. Yeah, you uh, had a really solid weekend. I should have gone uh, eight and two, but I picked West Virginia to win. Yeah, serves you right. That's what I get. Um, As I just picked OU to win this week, but still serves you right. But uh, Rob Bro has had a couple of rough weeks. Michael's been fairly consistent. Even right, Steven. Right around or right, right above 500. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm trying to make up for that disastrous first week where I went two and eight. And then like the next week, I think it went like four and six, but I'm getting closer, man. I'm getting closer. Yeah. It's been a long road. All right. So with that, I think we'll get into your questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, Michael, you sent out the call for questions this week. You already mentioned somebody had responded in a little bit. Let's see, let's pull this up. All right, let's go with uh, Pompello Aviation. I don't don't know if I'm saying that right. 
Just thought of something. How is it that we've not seen the next great Texas Tech quarterback, Xavier Martin? I wonder if this is our friend Dan's burner account because Dan <laughs> is a huge, huge Xavier Martin fan. I'm not. I'm not joking. I'm not being sarcastic. He he wants him to take some snaps, and I don't think Dan's joking either. Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I actually looked it up b- before we started recording because I had in my head that. Xavier Martin was hurt at some point, but I can't find anything else saying that. So I think I'm wrong there, which is no surprise. He is listed as a DB right now. I knew that he had changed positions again. Um, I think in fall camp, but, but yeah, aside from a fumble recovery against Texas, I don't think he's had a stat pop up this year. So I'm not sure why we're not seeing anything uh, from Xavier Martin, especially now with so many guys out. Maybe not a quarterback or something, but but just in the game. Yeah, I'm not sure if, um, you know, you'd think like Martin could come in and help out that inter- on an inside receiver or in the backfield as a running back. Um, both of those positions seem to be fairly light in depth the past few weeks. But it's also one of those things that where maybe um, super talented guy in high school just doesn't make the connection, doesn't make the jump from there to college. Also could have just been hamstringed by getting moved around a whole bunch and never been able to yeah. settle and focus on, on one position since he's been here. So um, the other question I think is related more to what, what did we learn or response? Oh. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to save that just for a second. And there was one other question. Did you ever find it? I did not. Okay, I can't remember who sent it. I'm sorry. I saw it earlier today, but someone asked us basically a, a question that I had put in the Slack chat. So maybe this is my burner account, Spencer. No, wait, I found um, it. Oh, you found it? Okay. All right. Go ahead and read it. Well, I found another question. It, it just came in 19 seconds ago from oh, okay. our man, Red Red Reset Man. How many oh, games awesome. do the Raiders win now? I think Baylor, you and Kansas. And maybe Oklahoma because weird stuff happens at the Jones and nighttime games. But after seeing Oki Light and ISU play, I'm not very confident in that one. So the rest of your schedule, home versus Oklahoma, on the road at TCU, home versus Baylor, at Oklahoma State, home versus Kansas. The only game I've officially preseason-wise predicted a win for the rest of the schedule would be Kansas. However, I think you've got a better than good shot at getting one or both of TCU and Baylor. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. What I had predicted for the last five games was a win in Fort Worth and a win against Kansas. But now I'm not so sure. Um, you know, I, I've felt very strongly about losing to Baylor. I thought that that was probably going to happen and that Aranda, 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 Aranda would just pick up right where they left off and everything would be fine. And that's obviously not the case. So that could uh, swing tech's way, but I'd have a hard time seeing tech win two in a row. So to answer your question, I'm still thinking two wins uh, for the rest of the year. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. I, I think if Columbia, continues to to build on what he's been able to do um and you're able to to get some stops on defense a score you you do well on special teams 
along with what we've just not seen from TCU and Baylor, I think those two games are a lot more winnable at this point in the season than they were six or eight weeks ago. Um, I agree. And that's why I'm going to be pretty interested in watching them play each other. (laughs) Just kind of see if we Mm -hmm. can learn anything from that this weekend. So if you were to win three of your last five, which I think you can, I don't think it's, let's just say it's a possibility. I mean, that would have you going um, five and five on a season. So better than the four and six I predicted. Um, And in a weird COVID year, like five wins, I think is definitely enough to not be concerned about Matt Wells's job. I thought really only that would come into consideration if he didn't win another game. Um, I think winning West Virginia definitely helps. And I think that yes, the win helps, but also the, the trajectory, the trend here. Um, it felt, I mean, yes, you won, but the game felt a lot better. There wasn't like moments of despair. They weren't like, Oh crap. Well, it's going to come down to this or, um, I don't know. It just didn't feel like, they, I'm not sure how to really explain it, but it just well, felt me, a lot better. Even like, yes, you won, but it felt a lot better than even against Kansas State. Well, for me, it was as simple as not every third down felt hopeless. Yes. Hopeless is the word I, I think could, could like, you didn't feel hopeless in this game. Yeah. You felt like you had a chance to get those third downs. And a lot of it was because it was third and four or it was third and five or third and three, not third and nine or 12 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. This is, remember this is a game where you ran for more yards than, than you passed for, um, yes. which I am not beholden to the air raid in the sense that like you throw for 500, you rush for five for 50. Um, if Win you want, games. <laughs> if you want to turn into the offense that Baylor had a few years ago where they were running for three and 400 yards. Great. Cause you know what they were doing? They were winning a ton of games doing it um so like i said i don't care the yards where it comes from i care more about winning i think being really successful on the ground is a lot is is a lot of fun it's definitely kind of novel for texas tech fans (laughs) that run for 300 yards or 250 or whatever it may be um well tech's got tech's got the running backs to do it they have if they're healthy yeah of course if they're healthy but I mean, I know I'm talking about a true freshman here, but Taj Brooks has been just fantastic. And I, I'm thinking that, I mean, Townsend, I haven't seen enough. He's a different type of runner, I think, than White and uh, Thompson. But I mean, there's, there's four guys that are, if they're all healthy, that may be your best top to bottom running back group you've had. 15 years, 20, I don't know. I mean, it's, are those, I mean, this may be the best backfield at least to three or four players. You could probably argue, you know, the top two running back spots for a couple of, uh, maybe those leech teams. And of course, if, if we were behind Deandre Washington, we'd probably, that would probably be an argument for the top two because I mean, that guy was that good, but it just, I, I've been really impressed with them. So to see them transition to a run heavy offense, I think would be a lot of fun as long as these guys still stay healthy and they, um, you know, they don't run them too much and they, they 
switch people in and out and keep people guessing. I, I don't know. It just sounds like a, a fun possibility to see these four guys potentially run all over everybody the rest of the year. We'll see. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I didn't find the other question that you mentioned. So from your memory, what was the question? The question was basically, and I'm sorry, person tweeter who sent this in, <laughs> I, we can't find it right now, <laughs> but it was, um, if, if Bowman or now that Columbia's starting, is there a chance that Bowman transfers after the end of the, the season? And that was a question that I'd post to y'all in the Slack chat. Cause one of the reasons I posted that is dumb, dumb over here. Me, I didn't realize that Columbia was a junior. I thought, I thought Columbia was a red shirt senior and he was done, you know, after this year. Well, not only is he not done after this year anyway, because of COVID, he's also a junior. So he could potentially play two more years at tech. Yeah. He could play 21 and 22. Yeah. Which I had, I don't know why my brain just spaced that out of my, my skull and I, I didn't make that connection. So now the thought is, well, if you're Alan Bowman and you don't start another game for the rest of the year, do you stick around for um, the remainder of your eligibility here at tech? Okay. So I would, this may be recency bias, but also because I haven't done like a lot of career stats on Bowman for this purpose. I don't think he is a big 12 power five caliber quarterback or at least in the sense that like the, what the version we've seen of him lately, and that may be injury related. Like he may not be a hundred percent. He may be not giving a hundred percent because of some kind of mental aspect of not wanting to get hurt or very seriously concerned about his long-term health, whatever it may be. And I, this is me speculating, obviously. I just don't know. Mookie Betts hits a home run, baby. Three, one, go Dodgers. Um, I'm just not sure that Bowman would be a long-time solution. So like, if he doesn't play again this year for Texas Tech, I think that's even more so settled. He should be, in my book, looking elsewhere for playing time. I wouldn't be surprised if he transfers. I could see him possibly sticking around one more year, thinking that he might be able to win the spot back. I mean, and this is all just a, a lot can happen. A lot can happen in the next five games. And there may be a reason for Bowman to come back and maybe even a reason for him to start again. And if he if he kind of has that hope come back, he may want to stick around and and try to win his spot back in the offseason. Because I agree with you. I hate to say it, but I don't know if he would earn a starting spot at another big school. Um, you know, I, I think he would be having to look at a group of five school or something to... I don't, there's, someone may take a chance on him. I have no idea. Um you know, the state of like Oregon state or something or, or, or how people are looking elsewhere. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's, if he goes after, if he doesn't play again or if he doesn't start again, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, but I would be kind of surprised if he winds up at, um, you know, Oklahoma state or something like that, or not even no. within the conference, but like Cal, you know, kind of go the Davis Webb route, just, think of something off the top of my head. I'd be thinking more Texas state or, um, maybe not even SF. 
MU at this point. I'm, I'm really just not sure. So for me, like I, I think his, his strengths would have to align with a team that passes a lot, like, and not asking the quarterback to run. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of even the spread teams start to, to figure out ways to get the quarterback involved on the run game. Um, like, so to me, I think that takes out like, like a Texas state, um, who with yeah, the Spavitals yeah, there are, are, are very, very good at, at getting the quarterbacks involved. Um, so I, I'm not sure where he would go. I just don't think given the, the talent supposedly that's, that's also in the roster that just hasn't been able to get on the field healthy yet. Uh, and if Columbia continues to do well, that I just don't think he's got uh, a great chance to, to contribute for Texas tech. So yeah, I, I would say find playing time where it's at, man, go have fun. Wish you the best of luck type thing. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, with that, let's get to what, what do we learn? What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So, Michael, you made this realization about a growing item, an item that's becoming a, a staple in your house. It's It really is. And I am not even pretending like the majority of you listening don't already do this. But for me, a kid who grew up thinking ketchup was about the spiciest thing that was allowed in houses, I have decided that uh, hot sauce is a staple condiment in our house. We can't go without some form of hot sauce. And I've been trying all these different ones. And this this has been like a two or three year journey for me. So it's been slow but steady. And I try these different sauces I don't get super hot ones cause I'm not, you know, I'm not that adventurous, but, um, I am really into, uh, Cholula. That's probably one of my favorite ones. And then Tapatio, which I'm sure I'm butchering that. That's one that I really like. I, I tend to lean towards the kind of Mexican flavored or Mexican influenced sauces more. Um, recently got Frank's red hot, which is fine, but it just tastes just like Buffalo sauce to me. So that kind of kills certain things when I put it on it. It may just be me. Um, Tabasco's fine. This is but strengths on wings. That's all you do, man. Yeah, no, I know. And that's what we're going to do. I recently, when we came back through Big Spring from Fredericksburg last weekend, we stopped at Allsup's, which was fantastic. Got a burrito, had to. And then Another person I bought a bottle. <laughs> I got a bottle of their taco sauce. Gosh. So I've been thrilled by that. So anyway, I just wanted to just kind of bring up hot sauce in general. I'm I'm new to it. I'm a novice. I would love to hear other recommendations that you guys like. And I actually got one. You got two. Yeah, I got two tonight from Tristan. See, I don't even know where they come from. But um, Tristan, at Tristy Mac host of talking tech podcast, check it out. He, um, wrote in today, tonight and said that he recommends Texas originals, humble house and yellow bird saying they're amazing pepper sauces. And then he said, they're like Tex-Mex Sriracha, which this speaks to me because what I just said, I, I love the, like the Mexican influence in hot sauces. I'm not as crazy about 
you know, the cayennes or the just straight up habanero and vinegar kind kind of stuff. Uh, so I am I'm going to look these or look for these, Tristan, because, man, I, I, I don't even I don't even know. I, I don't even know what a Texas hot sauce is. It's it's just a whole new world to me. And every time I go to a store, I want to buy like five of them. But then I'm like, no, I need to at least go through some of these before us. I, <laughs> I don't need a I don't need a collection yet. Yeah. So hot sauce is one of those things where like I want to do more of. Um, and then I'll, I'll like buy one or two and I'll like never try it or um, I'll have like a little bit of it and like just not like it. And I'm like, oh, I spent $12 on this bottle of hot sauce <laughs> and I, I don't want to use it. Um, so like I'm, I'm hesitant to like dive into this stuff because a lot of it is like craft level. Like these are special recipes and special mixes here. Yeah. They're fairly yeah. expensive. Um, but yeah, so like Humble House and Yellowbird, um, both available in Lubbock stores. Looks like Humble House will be available in HEB. HEB opens on the 28th here in Lubbock, which is tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, Yellowbird looks like it's available in United. So those are able to be picked up locally. Humble House looks like they have um, Ancho and Morita hot sauce. Or hot sauces, Guajillo, Red Jalapeno, Habanero, Ahi Amarillo. Uh, they got minis. What was the one Keith told us about a good one that he likes too? They're like, they're a cream based hot sauce. Keith, I, if you're listening, man, I can't remember what it was. I feel like it was, there was a blue label or they had jalapeno ranch or creamy jalapeno or something like that. It was, those sounded interesting too, but, but so now I'm the guy that just goes and stands at the hot sauce aisle and just... <laughs> tells myself not to buy four hot sauces and, and I've done that. I've done really well. I, the ones I get, I either use them all the way up or I tell myself, okay, if it's, if it hasn't grown on me completely by half a bottle, then then I just toss it. I allow myself to just get rid of it because I'm the only one in the house that uses it. Yeah. But I've decided I just can't, I have one at my office. I always have a bottle of hot sauce at my office now so that when I have lunch there, I can have it. And then I've always got a couple here at the house and I've even contemplating having like a, a truck hot sauce in case I'm, <laughs> in case I'm out and about and a truck sauce. Know, yeah. I got, got a truck sauce and somehow I got a breakfast burrito with no salsa and like, well, pull out the truck sauce. I'll be all right. All right. So both of these fortunately or unfortunately come like we have the option of buying uh multi-packs or, um, like testers where you can get all their flavors or a good mix of flavors instead of buying Ooh. the big bottles. So Yellowbird, I think they're a little more straightforward in their, their, their flavors. At least they're, they use peppers that I'm more familiar with in their names. Um, they have, it looks like they have five levels of heat um, going from their most mild to their spiciest jalapeno, serrano, serrano, sriracha, habanero, and ghost pepper. So, okay, okay, let me see. Because he, he said there was one that was kind of like a um, Tex-Mex Sriracha. Which, Sriracha, okay, this this is probably going to reveal to some people the, um, <laughs> the amount of hot I can take. Sriracha is probably too hot for me. <laughs> oh, <It's>, no. <laughs> it's up there, man. It's, uh, you know... It, it's, it's up there. It's, it's very close. It's close to the level where I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, 
I'm quite beyond that. And so I'm sure the people are like, Cholula, that stuff's not even hot. And I'm like, no, it's not. I agree. It's, it's not super hot, but that's not what I'm looking for necessarily. I definitely do want to kick, but not, not something that, you know, kicks me to the ground. So in terms of like hot sauces, I'm going to ask you for, for your story, but like for me, I was first introduced to hot sauce through Tabasco. Now today I can't stand Tabasco. I do not like it. Um, Cholula every now and then my, my father-in-law likes all these hot, hot sauces that have like Chipotle in it. And I'm not a big Chipotle fan. So like all of his stuff is either that. And then my mother-in-law gets, well, sorry. No, he also likes to get like some kind of fruit infused salsas like peach or mango. Mm. I don't, for, like that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. I, I want heat. So give me straight heat. Um, well, I mean, but like with flavor, I don't, I don't want sweet and spicy. Um, but then I found Louisiana hot sauce and it has been my favorite going on like 15 years now. Somehow I feel like we've talked about this somehow. There's a gigantic bottle of Louisiana hot sauce in my office refrigerator, which I assume is community property. So I need to try it sometime to put on fries, put it on what fries. Ooh, okay. All right. See, that's, see, I've never tried hot sauce on fries. That makes sense though. Um, my first foray into it was randomly, maybe not my first foray, but, uh, they have Tabasco out at United when you go through the salad bar. And there was one day randomly I had gotten tuna salad or chicken salad. I don't even remember on the salad bar. And I, put it on the little saltine cracker and there was that little Tabasco just sitting there <laughs> just talking to me. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to dash a little Tabasco on that. And it was really good. And then, uh, also around the same time, a coworker, a friend of mine would get the Frito pie from Eddie's barbecue on East 50th and would like douse it with Tabasco I thought, why, why are you doing that? I mean, what's, what's going He's like, oh, you just got to try it. You've got to try it. So I finally did. And I, it just kind of opened this world of hot sauce to me. But yeah, I have never actually purchased Tabasco. It was just kind of like the gateway drug. But since right. then I've just, yeah, I've decided, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know about that. That's probably a little bit too much vinegar going on for me. Well, see, I, in terms of like a Buffalo, I like the, the kick that you get from a, a hot, but also a strong vinegar flavor from like a Buffalo sauce. I just don't like Tabasco. I don't like, I guess I don't like how, how I guess thin of a sauce it is. Yeah. Anyways. Um, it's yeah. a lot of hot sauce talk. <laughs> yellow Speaking bird. Tabasco. <laughs> yellow bird looks like a pretty good deal uh, out at United. They got the mini sample pack, variety pack, 2.2 ounces per bottle, but you get all five flavors for 20. It's not bad. Or you get uh the big bottles uh, for 20. Yeah. So if y'all want to send me a Christmas present, there you go. Yep. And you can mix and match or whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, it's good to get back to our roots of uh, talking a little bit about a little bit food because, you know, it's 23 personal podcasts where food and sports clash at the goal line. Yeah. It's just gotten to where we usually save the food for the fourth quarter. <laughs> And so it just spills into the, like the last drive of the game. So that's, we, we don't, the food and sports clash at the, at the very end of the game. 
of the podcast episode. That's the metaphor I'm going for. You get it? You know what I'm saying? You look lost. I got you. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, if you look over at Humble House, they do three pack uh, gift sets where you get like um, the Ancho and Marita, Habanero and Amarillo, and Guajillo and Red Jalapeno. That mini gift sets for 15 or you can get mini bottles for $4 each. Oh, that's a good deal. So the $4, like you like, okay, I, I wouldn't mind spending $4 on a sauce. I'm like, yeah, actually, I don't really like it. It was $4. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm also interested to go check out HEB, not tomorrow, but when they open. My wife may try to go tomorrow. It's going to be, well, one, because of the weather and the roads, it, it may actually not be that bad or it may just be mm-hmm. even crazy. Like people are like, I have to go. She was going to go in the morning, but I don't know if she's going to or not because of the roads and stuff. So she was, we were, we were talking about what's the most ideal time. Cause she's really dying to go this week. And we came up with Wednesday morning, even though it doesn't sound like the right thing, but the only other options were Wednesday, Thursday or Friday evening. And we thought, yeah, that's terrible. Those are all bad. So Wednesday, Wednesday morning, We'll see if she goes. I'll, I'll yeah. give you a report if she goes. Also, I wanted to bring this up. We were talking about uh, hot sauce. This came out. <laughs> this came out yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. Conference call with Cowboys defensive coordinator Mike Nolan has been put on hold because he had Tabasco sauce on his finger and got it in his eye. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. That sounds awful. <laughs> sounds supremely painful, but also like. If you're going to be dealing with hot sauce, you got to you got to make sure like you just you don't don't touch the face. Oh no, no. I mean, and and, and ideally you shouldn't be touching the sauce. Well, it, it it depends. Like if you do if you do Louisiana hot sauce on fries, you're going to touch the sauce. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you can't avoid it there. So my really quickly before we wrap this up, my favorite thing to do with, with Louisiana hot sauce and fries, like you you have the fries out, Louisiana hot sauce and ketchup. <sighs> Good stuff. All right. We've gone on way too long about hot sauces. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys on Saturday for our instant reaction podcast following the Texas Tech Oklahoma football game. Um, thanks for, for, for checking us out. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.